bless the name of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. What's his name? What's his name? Why don't we give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, we'll open up to the word of the Lord tonight. It is, again, such an honor to be in this place. Amen. For the invitation that was given for me to be here. I so appreciate it so very much. Amen. Why don't you stretch your hands toward this area over here and pray the prayer of whatever the need is. Lord, you know it right now. We ask, Lord, in faith, believing, God, that you touch, that you would move, to grant, Lord, the desires of her heart, God, right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. God inhabits the praises of His people. He's enjoying every moment of it right now. Just hearing your voice lift Him up in this sanctuary. 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, and we'll begin reading at verse number 36. And while you're turning there, I like to say to your district superintendent and all the district board, host pastor, and all the ministry that are here tonight. We appreciate you and we love you and we're thankful for all that you've done to make me and my family feel so welcome since we've been here. Um, we receive from Brother and Sister Porterfield in this district. Um, a lot of times you go out and minister and you get a, a basket put in your room. Uh, Mississippi district went far beyond a basket. They brought us a cooler. I, I thought for a moment I was in Texas, but I realized I was really in Mississippi. But it was huge with everything in it that all of our younger children and myself enjoy. And I appreciate it so very much. To even today, someone locally made a cake unexpectedly. And for lunch, we had a, a cake over here in the outreach center. We celebrated my wife today. Turned 50 years old. We celebrated her birthday today. Amen. You just taking care of us so good. Kids went swimming this this morning rather, and and our youngest is in the evangelist quarters now, and he has swimmer's ear. He's screaming to the top of his lungs, and um, but still through all of that, folks were calling, giving us remedies. And I want to say to the Mississippi District, thank you for loving my family. I appreciate it. 1 Kings 18, verse 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I, have, that I am thy servant. I have done all things at thy word, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the wood.
that was in the trench. And when all the people saw, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal. Let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down to the earth, put his face on his knees, and he said to his servant, This is you and I. He said, go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. This journey that he took was uphill, downhill coming back down, but it was uphill to look over the Mediterranean Sea. He ran and he looked and he came back and said, there is nothing. The prophet said to him again, go seven times. Go again seven times came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea in his hand. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, get thee down, let the rain stop thee not. What could have possibly kept the servant running up and down those eight times he did it? Could it just be what he overheard Elijah when he said to Ahab, Give thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I want to minister for a few moments tonight on this subject. It sounds like rain to me. It sounds like rain to me. God, I praise you and I worship you and I magnify your name. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be in this place. And I ask you, Lord that you would reach down in this house. God, your presence is already here. There's folks in here right now, Lord, that you're bidding come, that you're spoken over their life already. Songs mentioning and glorifying the name of Jesus has touched the hearts of people in this place. And I pray that the word would fall upon good ground tonight. We give you, Lord, all the praise and all the glory and honor for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say amen. God bless you. You may be seated this evening. One of the most fascinating stories in the Old Testament is the story of the prophet Elijah. He is by far a very interesting character. He simply comes to the scene and on the scene from nowhere and pronounces a drought to Ahab. Ahab was the wicked king of Israel who was married to the wicked Jezebel. He's introduced to the pages of Scripture, King Ahab, with these shocking words in 1 Kings 16 and 30. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. He had the dubious distinction of being the most wicked king who reigned over Israel unto his day. We expect just about anything from a man and not surprised to read in 1 Kings 16 and 31 and it came about as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ithbel, king of the Sidonians, 
and went to serve Baal and he worshiped him. Would you look at your neighbor and say, can you believe that? Look at him like you really mean it. Can you really believe that? Sidonians was another name for the seafaring people on the Mediterranean coast who occupied the cities of Tyre and Sidon with the ever-present menace of Syria and the growing threat of Assyria. Ahab decided that he needed an alliance with his neighboring nation. So he made a treaty with the king and sealed it by marrying his daughter, an enemy of Israel. He made a pact with him. He said, I'm going to bring peace to our nations. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to marry your daughter. That is how Jezebel happened to move to Samaria, the capital of Israel. And there is only one way to describe Jezebel moving to Samaria. A whirlwind hit Israel. Things began to change. The king was not only the political leader of his people, he was also the high priest of their religion. And his name, Ethbaal, implies. Jezebel had grown up steeped in the worship of Baal and his female consort, Ashtaroth. Baal was considered to be the god of the land. He owned it, they said. And he controlled its weather and the increase of its crops and cattle. Ashtaroth was considered to be the mother goddess of fertility. So idols of both Baal and Ashtaroth stood side by side in their temples and were worshipped by priests and temple prostitutes with lewd dances with the hope that their god and goddess would follow their example and increase the productivity of their agriculture, their animals, and their children. In times of crisis such as famine, they slashed themselves and even sacrificed their children to appease the gods and employ their help. Jezebel was fanatical about her religion. The worship of Jehovah must have been some dull and commonplace by comparison, and she was determined to change Israel and who they worshipped, and how they worshipped. She was headstrong, self-willed, domineering woman with a moral weakling as a husband. She had little trouble getting her way. She got him to build a house for Baal beside the palace in Samaria as well as Asheroth, that is, an idol of the fertility goddess. She then brought 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asheroth from her hometown, housed them in the palace and fed them in royal style. Their duties would have been to promote the worship of Baal and Asheroth. Not satisfied to establish her religion in Israel, Jezebel sought to destroy every remnant of Jehovah worship and kill every true prophet of God. She wasn't satisfied until what Israel worship was done away with. She wasn't happy until they, were, they stopped mentioning the name Jehovah. But Elijah was the only one courageous enough to stand up openly against Jezebel's wickedness. And he looked at Ahab and said, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead in 1 Kings 17 and 1, 
He said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain, but according to my word. This couple had destroyed everything that Israel had been reared up in. This couple now had destroyed everybody worshiping the one true living God and replaced Jehovah with a God that couldn't touch their children, with a God that couldn't heal their sickness, with a God that couldn't fill them with joy. He had been replaced by someone making a pact and bringing in Jezebel. Jezebel was more than just a made-up woman. She was a woman that wanted the worship from God Almighty turned to something that could do nothing. And in this generation, we had better be real careful what we hook up with. We better be real careful what we marry. We better be real careful what we associate with. We better be real careful what we believe in. We better be real careful what we talk against. We better be real careful what we allow in our families, in our churches, and in our homes. Your man of God is more than just an old man behind a black pulpit. He's more than just a bishop that's paid his dues. He's more than just a pastor that shows up three times a week and is there when you need him. He is the voice of God in our lives. It was about three and a half years of drought that brought devastation to the northern kingdom of Israel. Elijah the prophet became a wanted man. He had death threats in his way. His brook dried up during the process. God had to get him up out of his comfort zone. Save him. Not only save him, but save a widow woman and her son. He was so important to God that it encouraged him and he moved him along until he met those 850 prophets on the top of Carmel. And there on the top of Carmel, he said, the God that answered by fire, let him be the God. Now, I want to slow down just for a minute. And this is the whole point of what I've come to minister tonight to this wonderful body of believers and that is that Elijah was not a very popular man in this three and a half year period. When he walked in to King Ahab and he said, because of your neglect, because of your wickedness, because you made a pact with the enemy and you've married outside of the faith, there is going to be no more rain. You have taken down the worship of Jehovah and you have built things for Baal and Ashtaroth and but God is going to withhold the rain. He became a wanted man because he ministered to Ahab and Israel what God told him to minister to Ahab and Israel. Now listen, 
I'm getting in a car on Saturday or Sunday and I'm headed back to North Carolina. It's close to 13 hours, 12, 13 hours away from here. And some preachers would say, I'm preaching this and I'm leaving. It don't bother me. But if I was staying here, it wouldn't bother me. Because God sent me on this second night of camp meeting to wake up some of us that are in this building on the defense of our men of God in our lives and tell you when he preaches it, you need to believe it. When he speaks it, you need to trust in it. You don't need a debate with your pastor. You don't need a 36-hour Bible study with your bishop. When he opens up that black book and he preaches the word of God to you, you need to get up on your feet and start running and believing every word that he says for the salvation of your children. We got too many men said the three most stressful jobs in America, the statistics right now, the three most stressful jobs in America today is a doctor and a lawyer and a pastor. I'm slowing down for a minute. I want you to hear me tonight. Because so many people try to put so much pressure and turn him into a wanted man. They want to take out their frustrations on the man who's speaking the word. As long as he's telling you you're doing well, man, you're throwing money in the missions offering. As long as he's telling us our family's doing good, man, we just own our feet praising the Lord. But you let some young man slip in on the back road on a Sunday night that nobody's ever seen and he catches the eye of your daughter. And just out of coincidence, it's just a miracle. It must be God. They ended up in New Albany at that Mexican restaurant that everybody in this area goes to. It's a miracle. It must be God. Could it just be that he followed you there? Then that man of God gets in the pulpit because he sees kind of what's taking place, that that young man is not there for a relationship with God. He's there for your daughter. He sees your daughter taking down posters of Jehovah and sliding in things of Baal and Ashtaroth and he gets in the pulpit and he ministers the word of God and gives a warning. Then you want to turn him into a wanted man. Then you want to turn him into a man that, that doesn't know what he's talking about. You better put your tennis shoes on. You better get to running and you better get to shouting. It sounds like rain to me. It just sounds like rain to me. I don't know why he's preaching it, but it sounds like rain to me. We've got so many things now that's tried to creep in to the church I pastor. Let me be safe. Tries to creep in to the church I pastor. God sometimes has to shake us to get us to deliver what he wants us to deliver. 
Because he's not just he's not happy with Jezebel sleeping in and marrying amongst us. We don't need a pact with the world. We're not looking for peace with the spirit of the world. We are in a battle. And honey, if you ain't ready to fight, you're going to die in the process. You're not ready to fight. He, he defeated those prophets of Baal. And then he turned and he destroyed the problem. Fire fell from heaven. Then he said, that's not enough. We're going to take all those 850 prophets of Baal and we're going to eliminate them. Because it won't get any better if you allow the situation to live amongst us. Oh, it feels just like he stepped all over my toes. No, he actually had a dagger. You just got in the way of what he was trying to kill. He wasn't trying to kill you. He was trying to kill the spirit that was trying to overtake you and your children. Joshua said, you can do what you want to. All of you on the back rows or the front rows or the middle section, you can do what you want to. If you want to go worshiping the gods that your mother and father worship, you do what you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's his name? That's who I'm serving. It's not Asheroth. It's not Baal. It's Jesus. Bringing that garbage to my family. Don't tell me when I've raised my children all of, their, all of these days that you're just going to let anything, allow anything to come in. One, one, one sarcastic man came to me one time after I walked away from the pool pit. He said, I got a question for you. I said, what's your question? He said, what are you going to do one day? I don't know why folks got to shake when they talk so much. What are you going to do one day when that little girl talking about Brianna, who's 27 years old, she was about four at the time. What are you going to do one day when a guy comes knocking on your door and you open it and he's got this going on and got something stretched across here to here and there to there. and He's got pierces and you can't see nothing but the whites of his eyes. His pants are hanging way down here. And he says something like, he says something like, no, he said this. He said something like, yo dog, I'm here to pick up your daughter. <laughs> what are you going to do? I looked right dead back at him. I didn't care if I preached another night. And I said, I'm going to look at him and say, you got one or two minutes to get your rear end off my porch. Or I'm going to deal with you like a man will deal with you. Because I didn't raise my children in the house of God for the world to creep in. Raise my family in the house of God from some one-eyed devil to come walking in saying that the world's better than Jesus is. The world has nothing to offer. We don't need the world in the church. We don't need religion in the church. We need Jesus right where he is. Some of you scared to death to go walking in your kids' teenagers' bedrooms. They locked the door. I wish they would have locked the door in the house I'd live in. I'd kick that door down. If what was in there I didn't like, I'd take it out. 
My daddy told me, as long as you pull up and eat at this table and drink, drink out of that refrigerator, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And if you're going to walk in the house of God and be fed by the master's table, you ought to hear what God is trying to speak to your life through your man of God. If you're going to get fat on the blessings, Sit down, I'm trying to calm down. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. God is about to give us a breakthrough in our society that we're living in right now. But it's not going to come with watered down, no backbone ministers in the pulpit. Well, I'm worried about them leaving with their money. Would you rather them leave with your money or leave with your family? I preached in Wilson when there was only 8, 9, 10, 15, 20. Now I get to preach to a couple hundred. But God was just as real when there was a few. Our society is much like ancient Israel. We have been captured by this same idolatrous worship. Baal worship is characterized by sexual perversion. The shedding of innocent blood and the worship of the environment. We find this idolatry worship in all aspects of our society today. But like Elijah, we serve the God who answers by fire. There is a confrontation coming. We are standing on the threshold of a mighty visitation of God's power and God's presence. We are at the door of an unprecedented harvest but the servants has got to run. The servants have got to believe. Killed the prophets of Baal, and then he turned to Ahab and said, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. I'm going to hurry. There is a sound of abundance of rain. Then he looks to his servant and he says, Go see what you see. He ran to the top of that mountain, looked over the Mediterranean Sea, came back down, and he said, what would you see? He said, I see nothing. He said, go again seven times. This is where I want to get to. You have to somehow or another get out of the negative environment when it comes to your faithfulness, to what thus has said by the man of God from the word of God. If he preaches on things that you are doing, quit doing them. Don't go to a church 30 miles from there. 
Because if they're apostolic, you're going to hear the same message preached 30 miles over there as you did in your home church. Uh, I mean, I can't hardly believe. I don't know why we have to mention this anymore. I don't know what the big deal is. It sounds like old-fashioned preaching. It's just, it's just, oh, it's just, I don't know why. Why does pastor have to mention every once in a while that we are to come out from among them and be a separate people? Say up the Lord, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't know why we have to keep saying it. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what the problem is because we are in a battle. There are forces that we are fighting now that ministries have never fought. My grandfather passed away in 03. He told me these words three days before he died. He grabbed me by the arm and he said, Son, you're going to pastor in a generation like no one has ever pastored before. You're going to see things that none of us have ever seen. He said, But I can tell you what you need to do. You'll make it through and the church will thrive and survive. He said, if you stay in that book, if you stay in that book, stop eating your pastor for lunch. Stop destroying your children by talking against what your man of God is trying to get you to hear. You may not can hear it, but it's going to happen. You may not can see it, but it's going to take place. Quit hanging around, folks. It's always putting down on the Word of God. Quit going out to eat with them. It's okay. You can love them from a distance, but you don't have to let them speak into your heart day in and day out. Quit letting your kids go over to their house when you know that mom and daddy's talking about your man of God. You keep them at home. You find something else to do because we're at the end of this thing. And if we're going to see rain, we can't see rain with the doubtful Thomas in our ear. We got to hold on. I said we got to hold on. Come out from among the world and be ye separate people, saith the Lord. Yeah, he says stuff like, I believe a man should look like a man. My God, if you don't believe this now, you'll never believe it. And I believe a woman should look like a woman. Don't look at your neighbor and say, oh my God, here he goes again. Look at your neighbor and say, sounds like rain to me. It sounds like rain to me. There's something about to happen. Because the last time I checked, it wasn't a 20-day fast that brought the move of God. The last time I checked, it wasn't the choir that sung five wonderful songs that brought a move of God. The last time I checked, he come walking out of the wilderness, eating locusts and wild honey, and he had one message. And the one message that he had was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What brought the fire of God was the message of repent. 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 Come out from among them. Come on. Come on, servant, run. Come on, servant, pray for your pastor. Pray 
he gets the boldness to preach the truth or gets the wisdom to get a daytime job and get out of the pulpit and give it to somebody who will preach the truth. When he preaches on things about perversion and cell phones, don't get all mad and take your phone and shake it at him and say, I tell you what, I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, I don't understand what the big deal is. Can you imagine that most of my life I live without a cell phone? You may be seated. It is amazing. I got a date without a cell phone. You know what I had to do? I had to go look at her. Will you go out with me? Yes. Are you serious? Really? There's a lot of folks that are top a lot of stuff on behind these keyboards. The reason some of you discouraged is because you're connected to people on Instagram and Facebook and all they are is a bunch of doubting people that want to run the ministry down, tear the churches down, cause confusion among us. And you wonder why you're against your man of God and what he preaches. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Do you want to go to hell? Do you want your husband going to hell? Do you want to hear your children not make heaven? Or do you want to stand up and say, I'm going to run if nobody else runs. I'm going to see it if nobody else sees it. The reason Elijah was hearing what he was hearing is because he had preached the message of repentance. And on Carmel, there had been fire that fell. God's rain will not fall unless repentance has been made. One of the greatest revivals that we're going to see is when you release the hands of your men of God in your life for you and your family. Now, they're released for others, but I'm talking about us tonight. When you'll start running rather than just sitting on the sideline, waiting until he preaches something that you agree with. I, I brought this Bible with me. I was in Georgia last week. I'm so honored to be here this week. This was the last Bible that my dad preached out of. It's been out of the treasure chest two times. This is the second time. First time, we wrapped it up with a little green bow. And my wife, Beth, said, we're going to have a piece of your father in his first grandchild's wedding when her and Brother Nate Roberts got married. My son, Davin, eight years old, walked down with this Bible with a little bow on it that's representing my father being present. This is the second time I brought it out. I've got pictures in here of me and my brother's I've got pictures in here of mom. I've got sermon titles that he preached and where he preached them and different things in here. And I brought it for a reason. The reason is that this book that he ministered out of says the same thing. We think we're going to have some great move of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not against any of this. Please don't get me wrong and be upset with me. We're not, when it, it, the, the size of the screen in your church does not determine the revival that you can have. Yeah. 
All these churches that are represented up here, it's like we're in a studio. Brother Lee Cook, hearing him sing makes me never want to sing again. All this talent that you've got in this district, can I tell you, I'm not against any of it. Thank God for it. Brother Lee Cook, I love to hear him sing. He can sing all night, and I'll sit here and worship God with him. But I'm telling you, talent does not bring a divine move of God. We're going to change a few things. You know, we're in a different generation. You may be seated. If the pastor would lose his tie, lose his jacket, put on a pair of jeans with a few holes in them, button down his shirt to about right here so you can see it, see all three chest hairs. <laughs> Slick his hair back with some gel. Get up, act cool like this generation. We'll have revival. You have lost your mind because conforming to this world never brings revival. What brings revival is allowing your man of God to speak directly to you and to your children and say, it's time to repent. It's time to get your heart right with God. The harder he preaches it, the longer you ought to run. The more he preaches against sin, the more you ought to run the aisles. Come on, I don't believe two men should have any license to get married. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah over homosexuality and it's still a stench in his nostril in the 21st century. You ought to run and believe something's coming. I hear something coming. I hear something about to move in here. I hear something shaking in here. I feel something happening in here. Come on, young people. You should not be unequally yoked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, something's about to happen. Something's about to move in here. There's something about to rain. Get away from the tables. Get away from the tables that want to talk against everything your pastor preaches. Find you another table to sit at. Get away from those ministers that are trying to tell you that how they had revival years ago. We just need to trim off a few things. We don't need to trim anything at all off. Anytime he preaches and it kind of gets under your skin, you ought to tell yourself, man, it sounds like rain to me. Because whenever there was repentance, rain always fell. Whenever somebody's heart turned to God, something always began to happen. So the harder and the more straight he preaches it, and the more he gets up in our life, and the more he tells us that we're spending too much time on social networks, I know we got one more night. There's plenty of better preachers in here that can take it over tomorrow night if you don't want me to preach. But I'm telling you, when he gets up in there and starts talking about the music that we're listening to. I can't hear it, but if he said he heard it, 
He just told me to run. I'm going to keep running. I can't hear it, but if he's heard it, I know everything's going to be all right. I believe everything is going to be all right. I'm going to protect my man of God. I'm going to listen to what he has to speak into my life. I'm going to be more than just somebody that gives and tithe and offers, just, not just when he preaches something I like. When it's hitting me right in the chest, when I feel like he's beating me down in the ground, I'm going to still give my tithe and offerings because it sounds like rain to me. If I, if I just get a hope. If I just get a hold of myself, my son's coming back in. If I just get myself right, my daughter's coming back in. All I can hear is rain. All I hear is rain. All I hear is rain. All I hear is rain. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Preach repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name. It's not an option. It's a commandment. It's not either or. It's not multiple choice. Why are we trying to debate things like this? Why are we saying, well, let's just be, let's be a little more sophisticated. Yeah, let's get sophisticated. Because they may only come one time. We need to have the spirit so high in our churches and our faith so high that when the word of repentance goes forth that it hits that man or woman right in the chest. And when that man or woman feels like they're being preached right at, they look around and they just see a bunch of people with a smile on their face saying, sounds like rain to me. I just, it's going to be all right. It's going to get better. It sounds like rain to me. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't. Don't be discouraged. He's doing this because he loves you. Jesus loves you so much that he put a man of God in your life to tell you what you need to hear. And it sounds like rain to me. You may be, you may be seated for just a minute. I'm closing. Come on, musicians. The servant never heard what Elijah heard. But the servant had to do all the running. Elijah said, get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Be careful what you listen to. Make sure what you are hearing is from God. I was privileged to be installed as pastor the church that I today pastor, church my grandfather founded many, many years ago in September of 2000. The week after I was installed, I got a phone call from a gentleman, a laboring minister in the kingdom. He said, Sean, you have thrown your ministry away. He said, I've called to tell you that Ichabod has been written over the doorpost of that church. I was like, well, I really appreciate the encouraging words. Call anytime you like to call. What did you do? I didn't listen to that. I didn't believe that. 
Because I heard something different. Oh, there's something better on the other side. Why are, you, why are you wasting your time in the kingdom of God? Don't you know that this has so much more to offer and that has so much more to offer? Quit wasting your time listening to that. When your man of God says he hears rain, you just run. If you'll be faithful, your children are coming back in. Run. If you'll just keep giving, I know you don't hardly have anything, but if you'll just keep being faithful to God, there's going to be rain that hits your house. Just keep running. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place tonight. In this state of Mississippi, the presence of God is in this room. You may not see it the first time, but keep running. You may not see it the second time, but keep running. You may not see it the third time, but keep running. You may not see it the fourth time, but keep running. You may not see it the fifth time, but keep running. You may not see it the seventh time, but keep running. But on the seventh time, you may just see a cloud about the size of a man's hand that'll turn your situation around and you experience a great and a mighty outpouring of rain. Can we lift our hands all across this place as we all stand, lift our hands high to heaven? You say, I don't hear it. It's not about you hearing it. It's about you running. It's about you staying in the, in the, in the fight without hearing the sound of victory yet. It's about you being committed and sold out to what's once delivered you and set you free. It's about you separating yourself from the casualties of this world. asking you Lord for us to hear the great sound I'm just asking you to give us the faith to be able to run Lord I'm not asking tonight for some great sound of victory I'm just asking for us to have the spirit of willingness when our man of God says I hear it I just need you to run I don't see anything just keep running don't complain don't argue don't get upset. Don't cause strife among others. Just run. Just run. Run. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And it sounds like it rained to me. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, it sounds like rain to me. I don't feel anything. I can't hear anything. I'm going solely on the Word of God and the voice of God through my man of God. But I know if I'll be faithful, I'll bring back the message of that small cloud in sight. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place this evening.
Nobody looking around. Nobody, nobody judging those that are coming, those that are moving. But if you're in this place, you feel like you need to break away. You need to break away from the idolatry and the crowd that's trying to suck you in. You just want to become more of a servant that's willing to run. I want you to leave your seat and walk to this altar and lift your hands and let God do with you and through you. Your pastor needs some servants. Your pastor needs a man or a woman or a family that says, I'm breaking away from the doubters. If he can hear it, surely I can believe it. I may not see it on Sunday, but I'm going to keep running until I see it. If he can hear it, then I'm going to believe it. And I refuse to become a casualty to a doubting world. Make your way. Come close to the altar. Those of you that are come, you're not the only ones here that need to be coming. But thank God you made your way. Just lift your hands to the Lord. Everybody and anybody that would, just make your way. If you're not able to come, just lift your hands where you're seated. Just say, God, let me be someone that's willing to run on what my man of God has heard. If he hears it, I believe it. If he speaks it in his bread from that book, I'm going to live it. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain, but I can't hear it, Brother Garnett. Just keep running. You've almost made it. Come on, sister, you've almost made it. That trumpet is about to sound. Your man of God is feeling things in the spirit that you're not feeling. He's turning the sails in, in directions that you don't know why we're going that direction. But he hears it. He hears it. That trumpet is about to sound. I, I just can't hear it. I, I don't feel anything. Just, just keep running. Just keep running. Keep running this race with patience. He that endureth until the end the same shall be saved. Love God. Love his word. Love the voice of God in your life. I'm not losing my family over something that I couldn't hear. I'm not walking away from God over something I couldn't understand. I'm not losing my children because I stepped out a few years. I'm staying planted. I'm going to keep running. Preach to me, Elijah. Tell me what I need to do, Elijah. Look at me dead in my face and tell me what I need to let go of, Elijah. Don't let me be one that just has to hear before I believe. The days are evil. Wickedness is all around us. Turn away 
from the wickedness. Oh, it sounds like rain to me. If it drives me to an altar, there's rain coming. If it drives me to my knees, I know that the showers of blessings are on the way. I'm going to lift you up, Pastor. I'm going to pray for you, Pastor. You don't have to run, Pastor. You just stay here and pray for what you've heard. I'm going to run. I'm going to look. I'm not running away. I'm not running out. I'm not leaving you in the middle of the night. I'm not sending you some text and telling you how unwelcome I feel. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to allow you to direct my path so I can direct my wife and my children's path. I'm not going to lose my soul over what I can't hear. Come on, adults. It's not just for the young people. Come on, adults. Come on, adults. Now's not the time to quit. Now's not the time to get up, give up. Now's not the time to become disgruntled with God and His Word. Now's not the time. That's it. That's it. That's it. Tell yourself. Go ahead and tell yourself, it sounds like rain to me. I can't hear it, but I'm going to keep telling myself because I refuse to stop running. and oppression in this house tonight. God, give liberty to the hearts of men and women. Allow them to hear. And when they can't hear, allow them to continue to run. To be submissive to your word, Lord, for the salvation of their generation. For the salvation of their generation.
hands and magnify the Lord all across this sanctuary. What a wonderful, wonderful time we've had in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Powerful preaching. The anointing of the Lord is here, and I believe that people's eternities are changed. Amen. God is so good. Amen. 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 We've got just a couple announcements before we close tonight. Uh, let me, I, I, I want to make this known uh, just so we can rejoice. Our missions total tonight was 28,891. Praise God. Oh, come on, let's magnify him just a few moments. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, tomorrow night, we begin at 6.30 with some singing. I believe the Wilson Quartet's going to be singing the Kirkmans and the Carsons. And so we're going to have a time in the Holy Ghost. So if you're going to, you better get here early and get your seat. Amen. 6.30, we begin singing. Amen. Now, before we close out again, we want to remind everybody that uh, there's food being served over in, over there. Over in that building over there. Walk past all of that construction. Get on in there. Get you something to eat tonight. Amen. Amen. So glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Can we one more time lift our hands to him and magnify him? Lord, we thank you for your sweet presence, God, for your anointing, for your word that you have brought forth tonight. We ask you, Lord, that you keep your hand upon every soul, God, and guide us back to your house. We give you praise today in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed tonight in the fear of the Lord.